You're listening to The Full Broadside. everyone to another episode of the full broadside i am your host cyber jock i have four co-hosts with me this week i have mr sock i've got kj nimitz and the mandalorian we are currently and will probably be without our nightmare this week he uh was having some issues with computer i guess discord issues pc issues and I, uh, I 100% understand I've had a terrible week getting into the game. I don't know if it was a little last patch or little hot fix that they had, but it, it buggered me up pretty good. I, I don't know what the deal was. Um, and then as I just figured out what I needed to do to cure the problem, my internet dropped the other night, and I've, I've been fighting with that. So <laughs> big fiber cut somewhere that knocked out the whole state. So I was, I was uh, pretty much... I gotta say, <laughs> I have to, I have to laugh a little bit. With in in a world where you have computers, you have TV streaming services. Everybody was in bed the other night. I'd got home from a long day of work, and I just want to get out. I want to hook up with my buddies and play some ships. And I can't get on. I can't do TV. My computer's completely worthless. It's got no internet connection. I mean, it's not really completely worthless, but in, in you know, for what I use it for and I enjoy doing with it, it was you know dead in the water really with no internet connection. And my TV streams only internet connection, so I'm SOL there. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself. What the heck am I going to do? And and thank God I just ordered a book not long ago, and I, it was sitting there. I'm like, well, I guess tonight I'm reading. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I'm just uh, – I, I feel like I'm, I'm completely dependent on the Internet these days, and it, it, it's kind of sad we've come to that, but, you know, here we are. <laughs> Feels boomer, man. You know, <laughs> um, playing Warships is like the perfect social distancing activity. So – I mean, if you can't do it, that kind of sucks. Yeah, I've been practicing social distancing since the Atari Twenty Six Hundred came out. <laughs> <laughs> so that how's that I, for dating? I can <laughs> identify with that definitely. <laughs> Yars revenge, you know what I mean? Yeah, a little pong just by myself, just so quiet, you know. I was going to ask, how did your your kids didn't go completely bonkers? Because you know, if I lose internet at my house, my kids just go absolutely nuts. They just don't know what to do. Well, yeah, but at the hour that I get home, I mean, it's my time. I get home and I fired up around midnight, and I was I was doing some other stuff, uploading some other stuff, and uh, it, it went out right around between one and one fifteen. And the only one that messaged me was my daughter. She's like, uh, "Is the internet down?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's going to be out the rest of the night." Okay, good night. <laughs> she went to bed because she had school in the morning, and my son was already out cold, drooling in his pillow. So. Where well, there we were, you know, so wife went to bed early. So what do you do? Yeah, I have a teenager at home and every once, just every once in a while, I like to shake it up. And uh, I said, hey, there's this new game that's out. And he's like, really? I said, yeah, it's called Outside. Yeah, I said, the graphics are great. The plot sucks, but the graphics are awesome. And he just kind of giggles. <laughs> but, yeah, we do that once in a while. Just kind of shut everything off and and, you know, go throw a ball around or do something. So you got to you got to you got to unplug every once in a while definitely yeah i i had not planned on doing that but in in essence that's kind of what happened but i enjoyed the the first 40 50 pages of the book and then i realized yeah this is why i don't read it this late at night because i was tired really quickly and had to go to bed well i went out today and i threw the ball around unfortunately you're supposed to hit it with a club (laughs) (laughs) that's no good (laughs) Oh, no, we uh, played a course today. We haven't played it in, um, I don't know, probably a year and a half or so. But it's like one of the hardest 
hardest courses we've ever played. And um, I was actually doing really well, but I had like three blow up holes. And yeah, yeah, I did not score very well. I'm not going to tell you what I scored on air. Sorry, it's not happening. <laughs> well, I, I got a, my teenager at home and he decides he wants to play World of Tanks. I guess I can say that because it's a wargaming product. So. Sure. Right. Um, so okay, fine. So I, I plug him in, and and he's playing World of Tanks, and then I go in to log into Warships a little bit later. Lo and behold, guess what happened? He changed my in-game name, so he changed it on World of Tanks. Of course, it bleeds over to all the other accounts, and so it was pretty funny when I logged back in and found out that I had a whole brand new nickname in the game. He even uploaded pictures and everything kind of did it as a joke so don't don't give your teenager the keys to your to your video game account oh, is that why you're q36 explosive space modulator right now yeah that's why i right. am no longer the mando it is the q36 explosive space modulator which is a it's reference the kaboom back the massive to, yeah kaboom. yeah the earth shattering kaboom yeah there's uh which is a reference back to the old looney tunes uh marvin the martian yeah, marvin's one of my favorite characters of all time i love marvin yeah i i would say it was interesting i logged in the i actually got into the game the other night just to log in and take a look and i, I happened to see i'm like oh we got a new request and i'm looking around there and i'm i, I happen to look at the member log to see how, how you know i tend to look at these things you know it's part of the job as the head honcho you got to look at these things and and i noticed one of my two xos is a completely guy a complete different guy than i i expected there and i'm like who the heck is Q36 explosive space modulator. So I had to make a post in the Discord. <laughs> Who is this and how is he our XO? What happened? And and I thought about it. I'm like, it's got to be Mando, but I don't know what he was thinking. He normally would have said something in Discord if he did something like that. It, it had me a little worried. I, I was I was considering and knocking him out of the XO position just in case something crazy was afoot. No, I actually... I actually let it sit because I wanted to see, you know, what was going to happen when you logged in and saw your XO as a completely different person and kind of <laughs> gave me the giggles. Well, it, it freaked me out, man. So cut it out. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, my gameplay still sucks. So the name change didn't um, improve my gameplay at all. Yeah, they don't do that. Could that be a name of the week? Yeah. Yeah, but he can't gift himself some stuff. He just keeps the money in his wallet. Well, gift it to his kid. <laughs> yeah. All right. Why don't, since, since I know, Mando, you're on a schedule, why don't we uh, jump into the deep dive to start our first segment here? Ooh, Mufasa. Say it again. <laughs> say it dive, again. Say it deep again. Dive. <laughs> we don't have right, a whole so. lot of activity in the ch in the chat room tonight, so there's not going to be any counting or setting any records of how many how many mentions of deep dive we have. So have did, at did it. Did you yeah, say so deep dive? I did. We'll have to uh, make up the the small chatter. I'll just have to post memes to myself as you guys are talking. <laughs> I know, right? There's no memes this week. What the heck, guys? Yeah. I'm disappointed. It's a quiet chat room. Well, I, I don't have to thank anybody for showing up this way. Right. So without further ado, we are going to deep dive. Pause for effect. Uh, into dispersion gunnery dispersion and the all inclusive, all mythical Sigma. Like what the heck is a Sigma and what does it have to do with, um, accuracy in the game and i i gotta tell you guys it was a lot of fun uh there's a lot of good uh videos out there um to really dig down into the um to the game mechanics of this and, and i've been learning a lot actually as i've been uh going along so let's talk about um so the the deep deep dive pause for effect uh the deep dive topic <laughs> is is gunnery and yeah, you know uh, that so, throws me off when i'm editing the show all the times you say pause for effect <laughs> I, I i'm like you know i should really put in a whole bunch of sonars through this entire time every yeah. time he says it <laughs> but that would eat up so much of our show time so <laughs> now you want to delete the pause but then he says pause for effect so you can't really delete the pause <laughs> i know he's killing me with that 
and it just right. has, an, has an awkward uh okay yeah so um moving on yeah, um, sorry so no 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 you're fine i i think it's hilarious i um just have a good time with it but i'm weird so yeah um dispersion uh so when you you um we all have those moments where you you get uh that uh, cruiser full broadside right you're cruising along in your uh your kremlin and uh um you get that cruiser lined up that uh you know that fiji lines up i don't know i'm just throwing ships out there because <laughs> you know fiji and a kremlin but anyway you're in your iowa and a fiji pops up and you're like man this is a juicy target this guy is full broadside and uh, you squeeze the trigger and you, you get all of your uh, all three turrets lined off on them and you're thinking you have this uh, Fiji dead to rights and you just happen to look and when you follow your shells down hit that Z button get nice up and close and you notice that your shells go or your rounds go everywhere but <laughs> the center of the target and you can't help but sit back and go you know what the heck is going on here there's a lot of things going into effect at that moment sounds like you need to aim better yeah right get get good gud get good um but what you need there's a lot of game mechanics that's going on and specifically when you squeeze the trigger on a target you have what you call dispersion so what is dispersion dispersion is made up of basically three values that determine where your shells are going to land on in or around the target and those three values are your horizontal dispersion your vertical dispersion and your sigma there's that funny word the sigma so before we get into that let's talk about your horizontal dispersion and if you guys go into your port and you like select a ship out and then you kind of hover over to the right and go down where it says the artillery and it'll select like hey i am just going to pick on the iowa it's got you know 16 inch guns and it's got the range and it's got the you know the velocity there's a factor that's in there that's called horizontal dispersion that's the maximum horizontal dispersion and, and what that value is telling you is when you line up a target and you squeeze the trigger that is the maximum distance side to side and let's just say that you have that fiji that is full broadside to 90 degree angle that max dispersion is going to determine how wide basically that shot pattern is that's going down range so if you have say a maximum dispersion of 210 meters or yards um that is the maximum that your shots will spread out so the less of a value the tighter the shot pattern and horizontal meaning side to side well so that's and, one and, of the f and, and, and jumping in that that has to do with range at max range correct uh correct yeah at so, max well, the value, so the dispersion number you see is calculated at max range but range has nothing to do with dispersion correct it's a so, linear scale um soviet battleships notwithstanding and so well that that, that was going to be my question you know for for that being you know what is the the iowa can reach out what 24 25 uh all the way across and and if you're firing at that fiji that far away you can expect the the first and the farthest shell to be that far apart typically Whoa. in the event that he's 10k away you would expect it to be a little bit tighter, correct? I would think so because yes I mean, and no. Okay, explain. Um, well, just just from my experience, just saying with with German battleships, um, they're horrible at, at at long range. Even with the Kremlin, at long range, it's horrible. But you get them in at about twelve point five. Um, you don't really have that problem anymore. Yeah, so well, that's, that's exactly the point of those ships. Like if, you're trying to, some... if you're trying to snipe stuff at 20 kilometers with the Kremlin, you're playing the wrong ship. But I mean, you're. But there's a there's a there's a mechanical reason for that though. That's built into the game, and it's based off of uh, a lot of very realistic um, artillery values. And so, okay. okay, so that's that's horizontal dispersion. That's one one of the factors. Remember, there are three factors that come into play when you squeeze a trigger as to why the shots hit and they, you know, where, where they land. Horizontal being the first one. The second one being vertical dispersion. Now, vertical dispersion 
looking at my notes here. Um, and well, let me back up and say when you fire your guns, your guns basically everything is going to land in pretty much somewhat of a circle. It's more of an ellipse than a yeah, circle, which is kind pattern. of a, a yeah, an ellipse pattern almost um, depending on the further out, it, it's going to turn into more of a teardrop versus a circle. So that that pattern or that drop zone in back in the military when i used to fire heavy uh machine guns we used to call it the beaten zone which is basically where all the the rounds are going to drop so vertical dispersion is it's basically a, a teardrop shape it, it's um what let me put it into to uh it's as nimitz, like this on your uh, on your reticle essentially yeah. let me put it as nimitz says into the blue collar term it's going to determine whether you overshoot or undershoot the target it, it, where the rounds will land in that pattern. So you have the horizontal dispersion, which is that value that they give in the game. Then you have the vertical dispersion, which is basically um, determines whether you overshoot or undershoot. And this is where your ship characteristics come into play. Um, your ballistics affect your vertical dispersion, such as uh, muzzle velocity of the round, air drag, which is one of the factors, and the shell mass or how heavy the, the shell mass or how heavy the round is going down range. And so basically the floatier the shell, the less vertical or teardrop pattern you're going to get. And that's because at uh, at range, the shells are coming down more vertical. So the, the pattern will become more circular. Think of it like, um, think of it like, uh, Lowenhart's, um, dive bombers, as opposed to midways, Lowenhart's bombers, you come straight down. So you get a circular reticle. Whereas with other ones, you get a, you get the ellipse because they're coming in in a bit of an angle. I know that's, that's really a really overfi- oversimplified yeah. version of it because no, 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 that's don't a great example. In the same way, but that's the idea. Well, we're all about simplifying stuff. We're using words like uh, like Mando just used, like floaty. So there's that. Yeah, floaty. That's a technical. Term. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, don't get so technical. We're all laymen here. Right, floaty. The floatiness <laughs> of the shell. Um, and here's something that, that I mean, I kind of figure because you see it and, and you just kind of don't think about it. We, you ever have you ever like had a ship pop up and it's like you're you're aimed at it and then a juicier target pops up like right next to it and so you switch your your reticle over and you fire at it but you forget to lock on to that target. I've done that. I do it all the time. Like oh crap, I forgot to hit the X button to lock onto it. I I didn't know this. I kind of took it for granted. But when you lock into a target, it reduces the dispersion ellipse by half. Yep, and you also get a uh, like an auto aim kind of thing. That's why shells will uh, like sometimes seem to not go where you're aiming because the game has auto aim built into it. Which is Correct. Really annoying. I, that's one of the things that I don't like about them kind of pandering to the people who are dumb and can't aim. Just like learn how to aim. Because it's learn to aim. aim without the auto aim. So but that's a tangent it, all of its all to itself. Um, getting back to my example, you're in your Iowa and the Fiji pops up. He's full broadside. And so you squeeze the trigger. So you've got your horizontal values. Your vertical dispersion is, like we said, it's basically a lot of the ballistics has to deal with it. The weight of the shell, uh, the, the air velocity, et cetera, et cetera. Then you throw in that third, third um, factor, which is sigma. And so that's the big question. It's like, what is this elusive mythic Sigma monster? So here's how I understand Sigma. This is how it was explained to me way back in the day. So your dispersion is the size of the circle. Sigma is how biased towards the center of that circle the dispersion is. Correct. Sigma is the probability of your shells landing in the center of your dispersion ellipse. I know it sounds kind of technical. Yeah. Um, so in blue collar terms, in average gamer, average Joe gamer terms like myself, the higher the sigma value of the ship, the more likely the, uh, that your shells are going to land in the center and less chance of heading towards the edge of the circle. And I, I give you an example. Um, if you have a ship for example, the Fuso or the New Mexico has a sigma value of 1.5. I I don't do math in public, but so I did the math ahead of time. That's that's going to basically say with a sigma value 
your shells have a 13, you know, point whatever chance percent chance of landing more towards the outer edge of the circle than they are in the middle. So you have a 13 percent chance that they will gravitate towards compare it to the the Yamato, which is a sigma of 2.1, which is only a 3%, like a 3.5% chance that yeah. the shells are going to stray. Another uh, little anecdote here. If you look at Yamato versus Musashi, Yamato is in a really weird position in terms of battleships because it has best-in-class sigma, but mediocre dispersion. So you don't get as many... Like what sigma, what sigma does is it doesn't make your groups tighter it um, reduces the amount of flyaways you get. So Yamato doesn't get Correct. very many flyaways, but its groupings can sometimes be really weird. Like sometimes you get really bad groupings and then sometimes you get like those magic salvos where all the shells land on top of each other. Um, Musashi has the exact same, like the gun performance is exactly the same, except instead of 2.1, I believe it has 1.8 Sigma. So that's a fairly, that's a fairly significant debuff. And... Um, so more often than not, like more often than not, you get the same kinds of salvos as you get with Yamato. You just you get more flyaways, which honestly sometimes helps you if you have bad aim. So I, I learned something going through all of this, and I'm thinking, um, what? So what is the perf What I call the perfect storm, or what is the perfect ballistics to get the most accurate ship in the game? And basically, the the formula is low velocity shells. The lower the velocity, the heavier the shell, the tighter the dispersion pattern. Um, and then you add in the sigma. So the lower the velocity, the heavier the shells with a, with a high sigma value or a higher sigma value is going to get you that tight dispersion. And a good example is going to be like your North Carolina or your Warspite, which completely blew me away because I know that um, when you play the one of the frustrating things about the U.S. Navy line, especially the battleships, is... And here's the technical term again, the floatiness, the floaty, the flighty, flighty floatiness of the shells. I mean, you fire, right? You, you guys know what I'm talking about. You, you fire and the round goes up to Mars and hangs around, has a cup of tea, uh, chills out, checks his Facebook, and then eventually comes back down and tries to land on target. So the secret rocket formula is the lower the velocity, which blew me away, the lower the velocity with a heavier shell makes a tighter dispersion pattern and it's exactly what sock says because it's going up high and coming down in a straight line down versus an arc or a trajectory going across like your german rounds or your russian rounds where they're more of a straighter trajectory now however i'm going to counter i'm going to counter argue you here though okay go for it with higher specifically with higher velocity shells i'm going to use slava and stalingrad as examples here Say, for example, you're shooting at something, uh, let's use a Montana, for example. You're in a Stalingrad, it's 18 kilometers away from you, say, or 15 kilometers away from you. Your shells are going to be coming down at about 15, 20 degree angle at that point. You actually want to aim slightly behind him because then your shells are going to be impacting. Like if the ship wasn't there, they would hit past him. But what they're doing is because the ship's in the way of your aim circle, they hit the ship instead of the water behind it. So a larger proportion, so compared to having plunging fire, when you have direct fire, a larger portion of your aim circle can be on the ship because the ship gets in the way of the aiming circle, if that makes sense. With a circular yes. one, with the shells coming straight down, um, the ship has its silhouette and that's it. It doesn't have any of its height. Correct. Because you're basically, because you're looking down at it versus, and, and like, okay, so what you were saying is, and I agree with you, because oftentimes when I fire at longer ranges, especially with the, and we're just, we'll pick on the U.S. Navy line, oftentimes you'll see those shells coming down and it, it will strike, you'll get like a torpedo hit. And that's basically because that shell is coming down and literally scraping off the side of uh, your target, and so it, no, you're. Ab I, I mean, there's no argument on my part. You're absolutely correct. It's it's where you're aiming. This is why you have a tendency to get a lot more um, uh, penetrations off of your U.S. Navy vessels versus other um, uh, nation trees because of that plunging fire characteristics. It's coming down through that those decks. Do you? This know, is why because you lose a lot of penetration with plunging fire. Like for example. You, at maximum range, unless you get extraordinarily lucky, a Yamato is very difficult to citadel. Um, 
it depends if for me it depends if i'm aiming at the you know the deck to come down through the superstructure of the deck or if i'm aiming at the sides but then a lot of what happens is um you don't have the penetration to go through the sides at that kind of angle you're you're no. basically hitting auto bounce at that point and a Correct. lot of the time with those really slow moving shells um, your shells are going to arm and detonate in the superstructure before they even make it to the even to the main deck. Correct. Which brings me to my next counterpoint, which is I just choose not to aim at those targets that far away. I choose to aim at the targets that are more in that sweet spot of where I'm going to get. Um, I'm not going to lose penetration because of the range and the floatiness of the shells. And so for me typically on an Iowa or a North Carolina, it's that's down around the 15 to 18 kilometer range is where I find I'm going to get the best results. Yeah, and one thing I say, you have to find the range with every ship on where you switch your aim point. Um, so I'll go back to use Iowa, for example, again. There's a range, I think this is what you were kind of describing, at which you switch from aiming for the vertical armor to aiming for the horizontal armor. Correct. Um, you start thinking about it as more indirect fire and thinking about it as plunging fire. And that range is different for every ship. Every ship. Some ships don't have that range. For example, Nevsky doesn't really have that range because its ballistics are so flat and it has so little shell drag. I mean, the thing has the highest shell velocity in the game, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, it does. Um, next to, or it's right up there with the original Italian cruisers, the Duca d'Aosta and the Abruzzi. Are yeah. like nine ninety five and a thousand meters per second. Yeah, uh, Nevsky is a thousand on both, a thousand on AP and HE. Yeah, so it's it's right up there. So this is the reason why you have like your German ships, why their your their dispersion is so um, wonky at range because you're firing a lighter shell at a higher velocity. Coupled with the fact that they have really poor dispersion, really poor to begin with. To begin with. Right, and there, that's where that sigma factor comes in. That you're, it, it comes out more like a shotgun pattern, and it seems to be going a lot uh, more around. You know, where you, you get those salvos where it lands all around your target, but not in it. I've had plenty of those, and that's the reason why is because, and a lot of players don't take into consideration the actual ballistics of the round going down range, such as the air drag and the weight and the velocity. So, in summary. And go back and just to kind of summarize it. When you basically squeeze the trigger and you fire your shells, your rounds are going to fall into a dispersion circle or an ellipse, which is determined by your horizontal, horizontal and vertical dispersion. Horizontal is the value displayed under the ship tab. You can see it. And vertical is determined basically by um, a, a factoring in the muzzle velocity, the shell mass, and the air drag. Those two factors then add in the third factor, which is the sigma, which is the value that determines the percentage of shells going towards the center of the point of aim. Basically, the higher the sigma is a higher percentage, it's more accurate. And that's how the game determines and the mathematics involved. And this is why you get sometimes they land everywhere around and, and not on your target. So I, I think I absorbed all that. I'm not the you know brightest light bulb on the box, but I think I absorbed all that. I think I got that. But when it comes down to it, let's say you're playing a Bismarck or a DeGrossa, how would you recommend people to play to take that into effect? Because, I mean, we're just shooting ships for the most part. And, um, you know, when you're in a German battleship, you're just shooting ships. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to get that technical when you're in the the line of fire. So, what would, as far as like a German battleship, what would be your best recommendation? Aim properly. Best? Take what they uh, just take the hits you get. You know, I'm I'm an unironic super unicum interprets. Um, I have like twenty seven hundred pr in the thing, um, and yeah, the accuracy really sucks sometimes. But the, the the thing with a ship like Terpitz is you have to not necessarily get up really close all the time, but understand that you're not going to be dev striking 
everything that you're shooting at. Um, you just kind of have to be happy with the six, 7,000 damage chunks and save the really big salvos for when you catch a cruiser up close. Um, and don't be afraid to shoot high explosive, really. Yeah, don't discount high explosive at the further ranges. Uh, another factor to take into consideration is the way that the ships are designed in the nation tree. For example, the Kriegsmarine or the German ships are designed by nature to get in closer. You're, 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 and kind of like the Russian ships have that that gimmick in it as well, or that wonkiness that the further out they are, the worse the dispersion. So they're designed to get in close because they have the armor. Um, and the you know the supports uh, the modules to get in closer where your dispersion is going to get better. The opposite is true with like the Imperial Japanese Navy, where the way that the shell velocity and the way the sigma and everything, the mathematics of the game, is your IGN ships are a lot more accurate further out, and they get less accurate the closer up you get with them. So Nation Tree has also a lot to to do with it. As well, I, I will add to that. However, they do not have the inverted Soviet gimmick that Slava gets. Yeah, some ships are. They unique have that, in that based nature. on game mechanics alone, not on gimmick. And there are other uh, gimmicky ships like the Kronstadt, which was designed on purpose. They will. They told you, in fact, that was one of the things when you got the Kronstadt was the further out you are, the much worse act. You know, so Kronstadt is designed to be you know the closer you get the more accurate your guns are it has that um i think at like what is it sock like 11 or 12 kilometers it, it kicks over what's this for for the inverted soviet for, gimmick yeah the the like the kronstadt oh i'm not sure what the number is i thought it was just you know zero is most accurate max range is least accurate i thought it was just a linear no. scale no 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 it has, it's like 11k i believe is is the yeah. cutoff yeah beyond 11k you're gonna have your standard numbers but inside of 11k it's going to be tighter uh, it's I like thought a, it was it, standard i thought it was standard numbers uh standard numbers at zero kilometers no. and then it just gets bigger as you go out no it has a a built-in uh like a hidden built-in baked-in buff i guess that once it's like 11 kilometers once you get past that closer than 11 kilometers that baked-in buff kicks in and your your accuracy significantly improves i bet you it's probably your concealment no, it, no. There's a value. I forgot to look. It's it's like 11 kilometers or something like that. But hmm. if any of our listeners out there knows, email the show and let us know. Yeah, um, you know, and I, I would think that uh, I seem to remember when they launched the uh, the the Russian battleship line that they said a lot of those beyond like tier seven also had that baked into them. Right. They all do from tier. Three, I think, don't they? Yeah, I think they do. Okay. Same with the cruisers just, then? Uh, or is it just only, the battleships? Only, only Talon, Riga, and Petro do. The light cruisers don't have it. Okay. And um, so, I mean, the only reason you don't notice it, on, especially on, uh, what are they called, Suvorov and Ganget, is just because their accuracy is so abysmal anyway. And at those kind of tiers, you're never shooting at long range anyway. Right. The Veliki is when it first starts to be noticed. Like, that thing is disgustingly accurate at close range. It is a dev strike machine. Yeah, it hurts. Uh, I, now, I, I'll wrap this up by posing a question, because I know it's burning on everybody's mind. Mando, what is, like you said, the perfect storm? Like, what is the best ship for the values out there? And I did a little bit of researching and I'm sure my numbers are probably off, but based off of my number crunching, the best bang for your buck, okay, that you're going to get with the best dispersion and the tightest groups and the what I, which is more important, the best consistency of shot groups. Anybody want to take a, a guess which chip it is? I'm going to go with a Thunder. I was, I was going to say Thunderer. I would go with a North Carolina. KJ? What do you Assum got? Assuming we're talking about tier 10. We're talking just tier 10 battleships? Nope. Any any tiers out of all... Uh, we'll narrow it down to battleships. Out of all the battleships, based off of the shell ballistics, the sigma, um, and the horizontal vertical dispersion values, what, what is the best bank for your buck? Because well, in that I'm case, go, based on your numbers, it's probably North Carolina. I'm going to go Iowa or Thunder. The War Spite. Really? Wow. Yeah. The War... The Warspite has low muzzle velocity, high shell weight. So you got that low muzzle velocity and a high shell weight, um, and it's a, a sigma of two. And Queen Elizabeth too. Yep, and a sigma of two So that wow. combination of the low muzzle velocity 
with a higher shell weight means that your ellipse circle is going to be pretty small. And then a, a sigma of 2.0, which looking back at my numbers, gives you only a 4.5% chance that your shots are going to hit the outer edge of the circle. So what is the perfect storm or the perfect or the most consistent shot group ship is going to be? It, my numbers is going to be the war spike. However, I caveat to that, you're not taking the size of the circle into account. Right? No. Just, like, for example, you're going to hit more shells with Thunderer than you will with Yamato, even though it has, hypothetically, let's say it has less Sigma, just because the circle that the circle is smaller to start with. Right. What I'm talking about is your consistency of of shots hitting the target. So your your best dispersion with the most consistency, it's 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 going to be the war spike because it's got the highest uh, sigma, the lowest muzzle velocity, and the highest shell weight on when you when you add, add in all those ratios, it's going to give you the most consistency because your vertical is going to be small and um and then the horizontal values are, are pretty narrow as well. But that's the numbers I came up with. Um, you guys got something different? Email the show. Let us know. That I was going to be. Up. I was going to be curious before you wrap up. How close was the North Carolina to that? It's got to be second place or pretty close. Uh, North Carolina is pretty close. North Carolina also has a sigma of two point and I would have to jump into to the game and and look basically. You're looking at um, it's it's up there, it's up there with the war spite. It's pretty close. I think what sets it apart. I'm looking at um, so your your war spite max dispersion horizontal dispersion is 204 meters, and let's pull up the Carolina real quick. It's got to be the vertical dispersion just because it can reach out so much further. Your max dispersion on the Carolina is 305 meters. So there's a hundred oh, meter difference, go. which is pretty significant. Okay. Uh, it has the right characteristics as, as far as the shell weight and a very low velocity of like 701 meters a second but your your horizontal dispersion is a lot wider so um basically at at range your shots your ellipse is going to be wide it'll be narrow so you won't over undershoot but they're going to go wide on the target versus now this is another thing that's actually really important to think about uh, when you're in a ship like I'll use Slava and Yamato for example Slava doesn't overmatch anything so you want uh, I'll use as an example carriers with the uh, with rocket planes some rocket planes you get a horizontal ellipse some rocket planes you get a vertical ellipse with a ship like Yamato you want a vertical ellipse for the most part because it can punch angled targets like nothing else with the overmatch. Slava can't do that. It excels at punishing broadsides, and that's about all it's good at. So you want that really, you want that poor horizontal dispersion to spread the shells out along the length of the ship and give you the best chance of hitting a broadside that right. you can. But that means that you're not going to hit anything when you have to deal with something that's bowing to you. Correct. Like, I was having that problem with the Lepanto, which is the Tier 9 battleship, because the horizontal was so atrocious. I mean, it was like going out three or four ship widths wide at a broadside target. and um, So something bow on out of, you know, 12, what is it, 12 shells going out, you're going to hit like one, because the horizontal is so wide on it. But anyway, so that, that wraps up this part of uh the deep dive on uh, gunnery um next episode we'll talk about aiming and reticles uh dynamic versus static and uh, talk about more things that you as the player um can do to improve your aim because you, you can't change the internal ballistics of the game that's written into the game itself but these are more things that you can control such as modules and reticles etc but we'll talk about that next episode Right Spoiler on. alert, if you're not using a dynamic crosshair, you're kind of dumb. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a few minutes, and I'll dive into the, uh, well, I don't want to say dive. That's that's Mando's thing. <laughs> I'm going to kick up uh, <laughs> kick up some balance changes here in the dev notes. There's there's some interesting things, so we can rip through those pretty quick. Uh, looks like some Dutch cruisers that uh, haven't launched yet are getting some tweaks to their airstrike, which isn't all that super exciting. Um the constellation, the uh, the the 180 turn degree uh, main batteries are, are reduced from 45 to 36 seconds, so that's kind of nice. Uh, turning circle radius reduced from 900 to 830, 
Angles of rotation of aft battery main guns increased at long range. The Yukon, um, that looks like a Commonwealth ship. Uh, main battery reload time increased three more seconds. And the Weimer, which is that the uh, the cruiser out of uh, Germany, main battery reload increased uh, by 0.5. Not super excited. Uh, the armor shell, or excuse me, the AP shell penetration increased. Uh, it's now similar to that of the mines. So, I mean, there's a few things there not super exciting. The big ones that uh, people have been talking about are we've got some new ships coming in 10.5. Um, the European destroyer Ragnar at Tier 10. It, it looks to me, from what I've been reading, is this thing is... To me, it looks like a Friesland at Tier 10. Uh, any, any arguments with that? <laughs> haven't seen it but uh you know i still gotta buy your friesland no you don't no you don't it does i'm looking at it right now it's almost a spitting image yeah and it's got long range cruiser artillery yeah interesting it's a 452 millimeter guns and two twin turrets ouch yeah that's crazy man smoke generator surveillance radar which is nice repair party i gotta imagine the radar is probably what seven five or maybe nine at the most i wouldn't should say at the bottom of the dev notes it always says what the stats are yeah all characteristics yeah um the british battleship repulse at tier six is uh these both look to be uh are they premiums i can't tell it looks like they're premiums they're premiums yeah. yeah perfect thank you uh, renowned battle cruiser armed with 381 millimeter guns and three turrets similar to those mounted on the QE class battleships. So high speed, large number of hit points, relatively weak armor. <laughs> Heard that before, but it's a tier six. So as long as, yeah, so as long as you're not it's up be like tiered, hood. you know, you'll be all right. Uh, from what I can tell from the numbers, it's going to be like hood. Okay, I'm going to look at that. For the Ragnar looks here. mean. Yeah, it's 7.5. I'm done with yeah, that. Okay, yeah. perfect, perfect. So yeah. based on the what we talked about tonight, looking at the 152 millimeter, a four-second reload, and a sigma of 2.0, um, and a max <laughs> dispersion, a max tight. dispersion of 112, it's got a very tight shot pattern. Well, another thing that I look at, too, with, with the destroyers and in cruisers and all, all the ships that fire really quickly is I look at that chance to cause fire, that 11% is pretty high for four-second reload. It is, considering um, some of your higher chance ones are 9%, like your IGN and right. some of your other ones, which doesn't seem like a lot, you know, oh, 9%, 11%, but when you have that many shells coming down on top of you, that's right. a lot You're going to be on chance. fire yeah. a lot. That's that's what I'm seeing here. Is it, though? Because Worcester is 12%. I have IFHE on mine, so that cuts it down by half. And that's it's also got 152s. Um, what else do I have? This 152. Smolensk has 130, and it's 9%. Um, Clubert yeah, what's the reload on those? And it's 11%. So, like, it, their, their fire chance on the thing's not that out of line. It's not really out of line at all compared no, to it's not. other ships. But it has less guns. What I was talking about is some people might think, oh, it's only a 9% or an 8%. There's a difference in game between a 9% and an 8%. And and eleven percent is a huge difference. Absolutely, uh, you know, one or one or two little numbers might not seem like much, but it, it does make a difference. Well, but, you're, but you're right, sock. It it is on par with everything else. It's not like super, not like a super fire starter, but yeah, um, it's going to be yeah, eleven percent is a lot. It, it certainly can be at at four second reload when when they're raining down on you like crazy. You're going to be on fire a lot. It's just the way it works. <laughs> Uh, they're talking in 10.5. Uh, we talked about the super battleships. They are, looks like they're launching something called a grand battle, uh, disabling friendly fire and other news all here. Uh, the grand battle is a new temporary battle is awaiting, uh, called the grand battle. Its main feature will be the super battleships. Uh, ships, the, these ships are hypothetically, uh, they could exist if naval doctrine had historically continued the trend of using artillery ships instead of giving way to the aircraft carriers uh, in history. So they've got the they've got names on these. the The Japanese is a Satsuma, 
uh, based off the Yamato with increased caliber up to 510 in four twin turrets. And then you've got that big honking Hanover <laughs> with the uh, uh, the version of Project H42 with 483s in four twin gun turrets and a secondary re uh, replaced with 128 millimeter universal artillery. Now that that caught me off guard. What what is a 128 millimeter universal artillery does that just simply mean that we don't have 152s we don't have 103s we have 128s all the way around is that all it is i, I think when they say universal um 128 means that every nation could use that caliber of gun i think this is the or, secondaries on the super battleship yeah on the hanover it, it's it goes would that out not to just that. mean that they're dual purpose could could be that as well. Dual purpose. They're also AA guns. Oh, well, I suppose that's what that I was thinking. Be. Just like big, basically every other 128 that's secondaries. Oh, okay. I guess I hadn't realized that. So glad I asked. Yeah, <laughs> it counts as as both secondary and anti aircraft values. Basically, that's the way okay. I'm reading it. Okay. Well, they got some rules for the, uh, what was it, Grand Battle. Uh, format is going to be 9v9 on ships tier 9 and 10, including Super Battleships, with a limit of no more than three Super Battleships per team. Satsuna and Hanover will be rented to players when version 10.5 is launched. A new temporary resource called Intelligence Reports is required to enter battle on Super Battleships. Uh, you participate in the grand battle on tier nine and tens to obtain them. So basically, you get in, you jump into the game, and you have to play a number in standard not, uh, nine and tens, and uh, work your way into them by by uncovering intelligence reports, and then you can. I bet all them. the Thunderer yeah. players out there are salivating right now. These Quite possible. <laughs> so good for farming HE damage on. Oh, I imagine they're probably big and slow and all that. But then they've got rewards. Uh, well, they got camouflages and memorable flag, the old Grand Battle patch, which is a big purpley one. Um, they have some other, other stuff in here, too. They've got some... Uh, themed achievements for that stuff too which is kind of interesting uh but then they go into ad adjusting firing uh new mechanic has been added for the super battleships adjustment firing uh while this firing or excuse me while firing at this enemy the adjustment fire progress bar is filled up by each salvo that hits the target or lands within a certain radius from it when the bar is full a certain gameplay bonus is activated for a limited period of time satsuma receives a bonus to main battery accuracy and the Hanover receives a bonus to secondary range and accuracy okay this is where we were talking and we kind of went off the rails uh, a week or two ago when we talked about this but so Setsuma is actually going to receive main battery accuracy um, which I, I guess is okay if the Sigma's off <laughs> we just learned about that so how appropriate that we find out about this uh, but the Hanover will receive bonus to secondary range and accuracy. So, and you know how how, how deadly are our German secondaries? So, uh, it can be re excuse me repeated several times during battle. If the ship does not fire at enemies for some time, the progress bar becomes reset. Uh, so, the new mechanic will give you a boost in battle for a maximum effectiveness. You'll need to plan your actions and position in advance. This will make gameplay more interesting and varied. So, any thoughts on that before I hit the next couple? Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool um, because um, I don't play Japanese battleships that often, but the the refire rate when I've gone up against Yamato's does not seem to be that high. Um, but if you get a German battleship up close, you know, within 11 and a half, 12 clicks, and his secondaries are going off, that's huge. That's huge, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but the way that you hard counter secondaries is just don't get that close. Some people can't do it, Sock. Just saying. All right. Then the next one, they, they talk about friendly fire. And this one might uh, turn some heads. Uh, I'm actually liking this. Uh, in update 10.5, we are turning off the damage on allied ships. This change will have a positive effect on gameplay because now your allies will not be able to damage or destroy your ship. The main changes that they illustrate here, 
You can no longer damage, incapacitate modules of, or cause detonation or destruction to allied ships. It's also impossible to damage allies by ramming. Now, the only time, honestly, it kind of kind of struck me when they when they posted this that you cannot cause detonation or destruction how horrible of a player do you have to be to detonate one of your one of your allies i've never i've i've had them run into a torpedo once in a while i've had them get hit with it i've done it i know for sure it's it's possible i've done it. wow detonations have nothing to do with how good or bad well yeah yeah but chance but geez, man! I mean, complete destruction of the ship—that's crazy. You remember? Um, oh my God! What was his name in uh, Clan Battles? Nimitz. <laughs> I have torpedo. He detonated me. He detonated me. <laughs> it can happen. I think the real question there should be: Why weren't you running debt flags in Clan Battles? I was. I swear to God. <laughs> Obviously not. I'm laughing so hard right now. No, I, I really was. I swear to God. But he got me with a torpedo. Maybe it was a devastating strike. I'm sorry. That's could probably be. what it was. Could be. But uh, no, I mean, I, I've done it. I've done it to my teammates. Obviously not on purpose. But I mean, it, it's been several different occurrences. I did it with a torpedo that was fired poorly on my part. And then um, I've done it when I was launching shells at another ship and another ship goes in for the ram and i've hit the ship going in for the ram because he was so close and detonated him so i mean it's definitely possible well as we continue on it says all the same types of armaments will still hit the allied ships um for example, you can no longer launch torpedoes at an enemy through an allied ship. Now, they didn't state that deep waters would pass underneath still uh, an allied destroyer, because sometimes that has come in handy. Two destroyers working together, and the one that's further out launches torps right underneath, because they go right underneath the ship. They made no mention of that, so I imagine it'll get a little bit more in-depth as it gets closer. I don't uh, think that would change any because those can't hit you anyway. I, I wouldn't yeah. think yeah. so. There's no reason why that would change. But yeah. I mean, if I'm in a Fletcher and Sox in a, a Shima and I launch my torpedoes through him to hit somebody else, it's still going to detonate Sock, right? Negative. It will hit him, but they will no, no longer have effect. It'll be like how it is in operations. Torpedoes yeah. don't do damage to teammates in operations, but they still hit them. They hit so them, and then they basically go away. We can send our shots across the bow. Yeah, I, I see that being still, a big thing. I think you'll still go pink if you hit enough, hit people enough with stuff. Well, it says uh, the penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct now is given for a certain number of hits on allied ships within a type of armament, armament yeah. except secondaries, because yeah, as a whole, you don't really control them unless you've got that set, and they kind of, you know shoot off in all different mistaken, directions if i'm not mistaken secondaries already don't do damage to teammates yeah i don't think so but i have gotten a warning for shooting at your allies and i never fired yeah, secondary at secondaries don't do anything anymore they took that out a long while back okay yeah, i thought they did that years ago oh huh, okay after a while, because, because it used to really suck because you didn't have any control over that and then all of a sudden you would start setting your somebody on fire and they take damage and then you would wind up killing them or going pink and you had no control over it because it was your secondaries yeah that's crazy well it says now after after a warning the player continues to violate the rules they will receive a ban on participation in all types of battles except co-op clan and training so it seems like they're they're doing what they need to do to lighten up the the amount of damage because I can't count the amount of times I've been rammed by somebody, or you know there's there every once in a while you're you're focused on something and your ship's still moving and somebody comes flying across in front of you he's trying to get away and you end up plowing into his side pushing him halfway across the map, so I mean it does happen but yeah you know, I mean how many times or, you've been you know or some jack wagon gets frustrated with the game and he decides to start shooting at you that one happens too yeah that one does happen yeah which that's where we blacklist them and get rid of them but what do you do 
Uh, it says the player will not receive credits for XP for battles which they received a warning for damage to allies. If the player does not violate the rules in future battles, resources will stop being discarded. So that's an interesting change, too. Something that'll actually, you know, people don't pay attention to the, to the pink tag. They don't seem to care. And, you know, what are they going to do? They're going to get in and keep playing. They're going to be pink. And who cares, right? I mean, there's really nothing that at that point really makes a big difference to them. They're just going to keep doing what they're doing. Well, this way, you're actually going to hit them where it hurts in the wallet. So uh, I think that's a, a nice change. I think hopefully we'll see, uh, you know, the pinks go away. The damage a ship receives in response to allied damage will increase with each new hit on an allied ship. And a ship hit by allied does not trigger camera effects to that informed about the received damage. And they removed the effect for allied torpedoes as they can no longer deal damage. So, interesting. So, I wonder, does that mean when you launch torps, I won't see the white torps going off into the distance anymore? No, you won't get the alarm. Oh, okay. Well, that's good, because that's annoying. It freaks me out every time I hear it. And I'm like, where are the torps? Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh well, they're white. They they're white from? fish. Yeah. They're white fish. It's okay. It's okay, everybody. <laughs> Yeah, especially like when somebody launches deep water torps underneath you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. My favorite KJ. thing to do is when I'm divisioned with somebody, I get up really close beside them when we're sailing together and I launch torpedoes at them close enough that they don't arm. <laughs> That's mean. Well, they, they go on to That's say it, uh, attack aircraft changes uh, coming in 10.5, the mechanics of launching rockets being updated that they will now, as we talked about, they will fire small caliber machine guns before attacking. Uh, the machine guns at this point will not do damage to ships, but will indicate the exact location of rockets landing. This information will be, or and the increased attack time will now allow commanders of maneuverable ships primarily destroyers to take evasive maneuvers reducing possible damage so and that will affect all aircraft carriers so that's interesting little hiccup there too so uh, moving on to wrap this up the netherlands will be coming in 10.6 uh, along with the friesland going over to it uh, they went ahead and updated recruitment points. Apparently, recruitment points have been updated. They will become a more universal resource, which can be earned by participating in a variety of activities, uh, which are listed here. Recruitment points are renamed community tokens. Tokens can be obtained not only during recruiting station referral program, but also on the public test server. So watch for official World of Warship streams during various regional and global activities. And these community tokens can be spent on various in-game items in the armory. So there's that. And they added a little bit. They call it new content, but it's it's really just some extra camos. So the Plymouth will get a Red Fox camo, which doesn't look anything like Red Fox. It looks more like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It looks maybe. more like a tiger than Yeah, it else. looks like a tiger. But yeah, that was that was a reference to an old show back in the day. But Red Fox is long dead da, now. Da, so. da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Some of the older people might appreciate that. but And then they added Independence Day camo for Colorado and Constellation. And here's a big one for the soccer. The Yukon gets a big Canada flag on it. It's all Look red and white with big maple giant leaf. maple leaf. There you go, buddy. <laughs> uh, Is the maple leaf right at the Citadel point? <laughs> uh, nope, just in front, the front gun. Yeah, I never got the maple leaf camo for uh, for Haida. I just have the historical camo. Well, it's going to be there for the Yukon anyway, so that's kind of neat. And then they added a bunch more football-themed patches, little t-shirts, eh, whatever. Uh, this one here is kind of neat. They are adding emblems for clan and super testing participants. So there are going to be emblems. Look like little shark or little whales. <laughs> Orcas all over the place, so that's kind of neat. And then a big super giant owl. Super Yeah, no kidding. Super test. Yeah, right. I don't know about the other programs, but ST, we already have emblems. No, well, maybe they've, maybe they've added maybe new, ones. Some new ones. Some new ones. Yeah, they've got some new ones there. It looks like CST for Community Super Tester, probably. Clan Super Test. Oh, okay. So, they, yeah, they've got... It looks like it's one, and it's varying degrees, four different levels. Um, for the Clan Super Test. Yeah. 
Oh, so they're basically then, just making it the same. And then the super idea. There, there, there is a fifth one that looks completely different than these orcas. It, it looks like a it's got a hootie owl on it. Yeah, it looks like a really angry owl, and it says ST on there. So it's kind of a neat looking thing. And then they added a battleship uh, Yamato flag too. So yay. Yeah, it says you can get that some other way later. Yeah, yeah. So whatever it is, what it is. But they're adding stuff, they're tweaking stuff, and, you know, I, I just want them to, you know, do the hot fix that fixes my, my machine. That would be great. <laughs> let's uh, let's head to parting shots, Sock. Let's, uh, let's start with you. Well, I don't know. Um, I guess it's nice that uh, it's not cold here anymore. Oh, I could... Uh, um, so it was like 20, 21 degrees Celsius here, like downright room temperature like mid 70s and i was like i was suffering in heat feels canadian man oh yeah i have that same problem it hit 73 today here and i was hot and sweaty i had to spray on suntan lotion so i didn't burn yeah i'm uh i am why well, i shouldn't say i'm in a new clan now because i'm still on my cooldown till tomorrow night but around this time tomorrow um but essentially what happened is um uh, the clan I was in, Apes with a Z, our alpha team uh, is moving to QQ7. So we are in the. It was kind of a, a free ticket into the 07 alliance for me. So that was that was a really big thing. Would there would never have been a ghost of a chance of me getting into this clan if I hadn't had connections. And you know what I was saying before the show is you get into typhoon clans with connect. You get into typhoon clans with stats, but you get into hurricane clans with connections. Nice. So uh, yeah, I guess that's how I yeah, congratulations. Because I yeah. like I am objectively not good enough to be in a lot of these hurricane clans to be in like a top ten NA clan. But I guess because I knew people, I was able to get in there. And you know my stats are improving. I'm I do things. I always do. I do well. I, I do well in competitive, and that's the biggest thing. So yeah, it's all good. I'm happy. It's nice to be where I. And am. you still mix it up with us peasants too. So we're yep. still happy to have and you. That's one of the things <laughs> like. I, I love everyone I'm with, you know, all, all the players that I play with and stuff. But one thing I do have to say about Hurricane League players is they can be really not chill sometimes. Like, they have no chill. It's all stats all the time. And it's nice to be able to come back to somewhere like this where you can just go and, and shoot stuff and have fun and not really care about that stuff. Well, um, that's, that's what we're all yeah. about, not caring about anything but just shooting ships and having a good time. You caught yourself. I did. I almost said a bad word, but I changed it to ships. <laughs> you did. You, I'm proud of you, Tyber. I know. It's, oh, it, it's guys, a late night, and I did was, it. This must have been 10 years ago. This was when I was a kid. I saw this, like an early teenager. I saw this. I don't know if this was a commercial in the U.S. or not, but it was like, oh, what was it for? It was for jeans. I know that. Um, but they were, they were offering like this thing where they would... Uh, um, where they would like deliver you, your clothes to you or whatever. So like the whole thing was them going around saying, I, sh I shipped my pants, I shipped my pants. And they, the way they were saying it, saying really fast, it, not, it sounded like they were saying the other word. And at the end, it was like, <laughs> the word is shipped. And so I think, oh, I that think was I funny. remember that. I actually do remember. I don't remember what store it was for, though. <laughs> I want to say it was like, it must have been like Old Navy or something. Yeah, it sounds like something Old Navy would do. <laughs> Just silliness. KJ, what do you got for us this week? Uh, just uh, kind of looking forward to seeing what they're going to wind up doing. Um, it's kind of interesting what with the big new ships coming in and that new gameplay. You know, check it out. It might be fun. I don't know. As long as the, sh the new upper tier super great big battleships stay in that mode, I'm okay with that. Just don't put them in the regular mode because no. Right on, Nimitz. What do you got? Hey, it's summertime. Um, temperatures are warming up. Get out, do your thing. Obviously, don't forget about worships in our show. Come back and visit anytime you like, but get outside, do something, play some Hot golf. Hot girl summer. Hopefully, no. you play it a little bit better than I do. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's uh, it's fat sock summer. Even though I'm like 120 pounds. Fat sock summer. Yeah. No, get outside. Um. COVID is uh, COVID. It doesn't mean you can't get outside. Enjoy the outdoors, and uh, we'll see you when you get here. You know, the other day I went for a drive, and I got a sunburn. Yep, yeah. Yeah. there. 
Okay, you might be even whiter than me. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I have red hair, right? So, I am as white as they get. there it is. There it is. <laughs> All right, Mando, let's wrap it up, eh? Um, yeah, as always, I got my names of the week, and I also picked up, pulled the trigger based off of some feedback. I picked up the uh, Shikishima as a steel ship, and I am really enjoying the snot out of that thing. I had no idea that it was a secondary uh, beast, and so I full-spec'd it the secondary, and you should see the whites of, of other players' eyes when I go charging the caps in the Shikishima. So having like a lot of fun with that be. one. Like before the uh, yeah. work, it was truly a secondary monster, but uh, it's still it was. good for it. it, it lost I still enjoy it. Bit. I, I still enjoy it, and when you're up in somebody's face and, and you're punching through their bow with that overmatch at, you know, yeah. for 20, 30k a salvo, it's it can be intimidating. But anyway. It's also going to uh, be my next steel ship. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do a secondary it. build on it. I'm going to min-max it. Uh, I'm just going to use the Yamato Kamiyo. I'm going to put Yamamoto on it since he's already my Yamato captain. Um, yeah, I have Yamamoto on I think I'll do fine well. with it. I don't, um, think I'll with- be, I don't think I'll be leaderboarding it maybe but we'll see without further ado i will put up my names of the week and put them up in chat here in no particular order free detonation ribbon shooter mclovin and the wonder waffle Uh, (laughs) contact the show the full broadside at gmail.com let us know ask for uh mando and i will hook you up with the weekend pass and that's all i got all right well let's wrap this up and head out of here then uh Butterpants one joined us in the chat room tonight. We were we were really quiet there. There wasn't a whole lot of memes going on tonight. Everybody forgot the show was going tonight, and in fact, almost a handful of us did too. But we managed to get together and make it happen. Although we we did miss our nightmare, but he'll be back, I'm sure soon. Hopefully, once his computers all get dialed in. But everybody, thanks for coming. As always, thanks for listening and hanging out with us. And, you know, join us in our Discord. We picked up a few new guys just this week that are listeners. It, it, it's good to have you aboard. It's good to hear that, hey, I heard you guys on the podcast, and I thought you guys were cool, and I want to come hang out with you guys. So uh, it's an awesome, awesome thing. If, if we get nothing else out of this podcast, more people to hang with, I'm, I'm 100% okay with that. So with that, everybody, have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.